I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint and your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code JESSE. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. The Far East. The Orient. Asia. I find it to be an extremely fascinating place. And you know what's funny? Everybody sees it that way, or most people do. There's something 
and has always been something, I don't know if exotic is the word you want to use, kind of sounds a little dirty, but it's magical, mystical, different. It is fascinating, though, isn't it, when you think about throughout history, throughout history, 1,000 years, 2,000 years, 3,000 years, no matter what's going on in, in Europe, more recently America, the Middle East, even Russia, no matter what's going on in these places, the things happening in China, Korea, Japan, look different. Their architect, architecture is so distinct. It looks different. Their religions are different. It's a fascinating place. And it seems now, and has always seemed, because I don't know whether this is a mental thing. I don't know whether it's them. I don't know whether it's us. I don't know whether it's because They tend to be more quiet, reserved, introspective, or whether we tend to just look at them differently because Asian people look different than the traditional Caucasian American, you know what I mean, even though we have plenty of Asians here now, which is awesome. But we tend to not think about them when it comes to major global conflicts. When it comes to major global shifts, we look at everything through our lens or Europe's lens. You know, and I'm sure that's because, you know, we we came from Europe here, you know, we came directly from Britain. France is our oldest ally. We we think about those battles, but if you ask anybody, anyone, where World War 1 and World War 2 got started, what will they tell you? Oh, assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand in Europe. World War II is, well, Germany invades Poland. And that's kind of true. But as we've talked about before, one of the things I love so much about history, one of the things I find fascinating is how it all weaves together and how you can never really point to this is when this started because this led to that, which led to that, which led to this, which led to that, which led to that, and boom, something started. We're not talking about World War II today, but the Hitler's invasion of Poland. The Japanese had been in China for years by then. Years. D-Day. The war in the Pacific. The Nazi invasion invasion of Russia. And I know these this is these are the, the Battle of the Bulge. These are the things we talk about when it comes to World War II, right? Understandably, that's that was our involvement. Not criticizing us as being ugly Americans. Every every nation looks at things through their own lens. You know twenty percent of the casualties in World War II were Chinese. One-fifth of everybody, Chinese. We don't look at it through that lens, though. Seems so foreign, seems so away. And part of that, too, now and for years, is China is our enemy, and they are. No question about it. China is our enemy right now. 
China has been our enemy for decades. They are a communist, imperialist nation. We are not. We have issues with that. They have issues with us. So we don't, you know, nobody wants to look at anything, even historically, and take China's side. <laughs> Dirty commies. I'm the same way. I'm not, I'm not criticizing you. I'm the same way. <laughs> same thing. But in order to give us perspective, which we're always looking for on the show, which we're always looking for in life, you can't have a good perspective on world events without understanding things that took place in those places. China, Japan, Sino-Japanese War, the Franco the Franco-Japanese War, the Boxer Rebellion. These are things we must figure out if we're going to figure out everything else. Like I said, one thing leads to another. As that great 80s song would say, Chris, probably before your time. Now let's do a little build up into our story here. Let's start with Japan, even though this is not a Japanese story today. It's a Chinese story. In Japan at this time, we're going to go ahead and call it 1800s. There is something going on called the Meiji Restoration. And we've talked about this briefly before. Let's just touch on it for a quick moment. You remember when we did our 47 Ronin show? I think it was last week or two weeks ago. I don't know. They all mixed together. It was sweet. If you missed that one, by the way, go catch it. All the podcasts are available on Google, iHeart, Spotify, and iTunes. If you missed that one, go catch it. But remember, Japanese society, for a long time, had an emperor, but didn't really have an emperor with any power. It was really the shogun, the military leader of Japan who ran things. That's why everybody calls me. I'm the only one who calls me Jesse Shogun Kelly. It's kind of a feudal system. There are several states, and I mean lots of them. I'm calling them states because that's the best way for us to understand it. And there's a lord in charge of these states, and he is essentially the god king there. He can do anything he wants, and they do. And it's a vicious society, also a fascinating society, all about tradition, all about honor at the same time, all about knifing your guy next door in the back and taking his lands. Assassinations are everywhere. And eventually... Japan gets a real wake-up call. You see, this is the colonial era, colonizing era. A little bit more soft colonizing than before, but still colonizing. This is the era when the UK, France, us, are roaming the world, finding new lands with natural resources we want, and violently sometimes... Sometimes not. Gotta just bring them into the fold. But we don't have to fight about this. There's nothing to fight about. Why don't we just bring you some trade, some schools? We'll build you some nice roads. I mean, yes, you're obviously the the guy in charge is going to be our guy from now on. But still, you know, that kind of colonizing. 
And the countries who were vulnerable to colonization knew they were vulnerable to colonization. And we look at it oftentimes because of our education system now is so evil and wrong. And I don't know. Who knows how God looks at it? I don't look at it in that way just because I try not to look at history passionately. Understand, that was the way it went. It wasn't as if the U.K., found some exotic island somewhere and rolled on into it and decided that it's going to be part of England now and the whole world recoiled in horror. Oh my God, look at these. Th-. That was what you did. If you were a major power, that was what you did. And it was always sold to everybody as, look, it's good for both of us. Yes, we're going to pillage your natural resources. But also, and there's some, a lot of truth to this, ain't nobody going to mess with you once that... Union Jack is flying. Hang on. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. You know how much easier Mondays are when you have a good night's sleep Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night? I know what Mondays are like when you've gone the entire weekend with poor sleep. And I know what Mondays are like now when you go an entire weekend with amazing sleep. And the difference in how you start your week is more than I can put into words. Get in ebb sleep now. Stop struggling. Stop wrestling with new ways. Something. Oh, it's a new pill. Oh, it's got a, a new mouth device. No. You have something sitting right there for you that actually targets the root cause of your sleeplessness, those racing thoughts. You can calm them down with an ebb sleep. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. Don't forget to use the code jesse at checkout. That'll get you 25 bucks off. Japan, they get quite a wake-up call. They were very, very, I should say were, I shouldn't say were, they kind of are, but extremely so for a long time, very completely closed off to the world. Now, there wasn't a fortress around it, and they're shooting bows and arrows and any boat that tries to land, but they're certainly not, didn't view themselves you know, 1600s that era as some global citizen. That's for Dagon, sure. We're Japan. We're Japanese. We're very happy being Japanese. We're superior to you being Japanese. Again, I'm not judging them. Everybody has been racist throughout history. That's how they viewed it. We're superior. We're awesome. We're Japan. And no, we actually don't want you here at all. At all. But eventually, they really, really get a wake-up call, and people land on their shores, and they see Japan is a hundred years, two hundred years behind everyone else technologically. Don't get me wrong. The society's very orderly, neat, 
as far as societies go, but um, these people have muskets from like the 1600s. They still all wear swords. And Japan, in one of the great feats in modern history, just decides we are not going to be colonized. We are going to advance and modernize, and we're going to do it rapidly. And not only did they decide, it's one thing to decide to do it, they pull it off. And Japan is awesome now. And Japan, they're rocking a real Navy. They're rocking a real army. And I don't mean a bunch of a bunch of peasant rice farmers they handed a decent weapon to. These dudes are trained. They're bringing in military advisors from super advanced military countries like Germany. And they're learning weapons and tactics. And they're learning them well. Really, really well. And they're they're weaving it in with the, the samurai stuff way beyond me. But that, you know, you take somebody who's a samurai warrior, or at least thinks he is, some dude ultra-disciplined, hard-nosed fighter, how long are you going to need with that guy before you can turn him into a modern warrior that can change magazines, put weapons down, range, move, and stuff like that? You're probably not going to need much, right? You have most of what you need. And let me go ahead and take that crappy samurai armor off. Here's a flak jacket. No, 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 uh, no, you don't need the samurai sword. Here's a, here's a gun. I'll show you how to shoot that. But someone like that, he's going to learn quick. Japan learned really quickly. And Japan, they decided that not well, at this point now, now we're talking 1890s. Now Japan is no longer going to be colonized by anybody. They were still looked at as inferior because, remember, everyone else was racist too. Dirty Japanese, inferior. But they also weren't, I mean, they were too strong to be colonized. Okay, we're we're not moving into Japan. They don't want us here, and that is very much not worth it. But Japan, and this happens to everyone, either on a national level, an organizational level, a personal level. It happens to you. It happens to me. When you acquire, through hard work, a particular set of skills, you want to use those skills. Nothing wrong with it. It's human nature. If you find yourself reading a ton of history books, you're geeking out on history podcasts, reading history books, I have bad news for your friends. They're going to start getting history facts and information they never asked for. Believe me, I have to control myself in social settings because this is what I do for a living. Have you have you noticed any of your friends, be it dudes or chicks, get hardcore into working out all of a sudden? Do you notice any changes to their social media pages when they start doing that? All of a sudden, Miss Conservative, those are some tight pants she's showing in the mirror. Oh, of course, it's at the gym, but you know, very tastefully done, but... 
That dude who used to be a little frumpy, been working out like a beast. Wow, he's got a shirtless picture at the beach. How'd that work? You know, you work hard at some point. You want to show it off. And it works the exact same way for nations. When nations begin building militarily, always, 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 from this point forward, be on the lookout for nations, (coughs) China, who are building rapidly militarily because nobody builds rapidly militarily so they can sit and look at all those beautiful military items in the garage somewhere. They are not building collector's items. You build those things. One, they're expensive. Two, you want to use them. And because they're expensive, you need a way to pay for them. And what's a great way to pay for them? By taking your stuff. So Japan does its thing. Now they're a rocking and rolling modern military power. And China, which is actually where we're supposed to be today, it just took me a while to get there. China has something called the Jing Dynasty at this time. It's Q-I-N-G. China is ruled by an emperor, a king, a monarch, whatever you want to call him. Depends. This depends. And the Jing Dynasty has been there for about 250 years. It's one of those things I've always found fascinating about China. It's so old. Virtually any point in time in history, anything we've ever talked about. I mean, from Alexander the Great, old barbarian tribes, to World War II stuff, no matter when we are talking, Genghis Khan, no matter when we're talking about, China was big and significant. They had high points and low points, but China is just old. They've always been there doing Chinese things. Now, remember, dynasties, countries, have high points, And they have low points. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Countries rise and countries fall. The Jing Dynasty has nothing to be ashamed of. They were around for about the time the United States of America has existed. 250 years is a long time for one dynasty. Before that, it was the Ming Dynasty. They just get these dynasties that last centuries. So like I said, they're old. But at this point in time, China is facing major, 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 major problems. Because, well, it happens at the end when things have been too good for too long. When the wrong people have been advising the wrong people and then one bad decision gets made and then one bad decision leads to another bad decision and soon you've got bad decisions everywhere. Soon you're too weak to properly oversee local governments in a way you should and they're running rampant. And when you get to that point as a brittle power What you are is a sheep who's broken away from the herd and you are bleeding from the leg. All it takes is one wolf to get a whiff of you and you're gone. Hang on. 
You probably have heard about identity theft, right? Who hasn't heard about that? Or credit card theft. You've probably had your credit card number stolen. I know mine's been stolen several times. You know how much money it has cost me to have my credit card stolen? Nothing. Not a dime. That's not a major crime anymore. The FBI doesn't even consider it a major crime. Credit card company makes it right. They work everything out. Everything's good. You know what is a major crime on the rise, and it is spreading like wildfire across the United States of America? Home title theft. Your home title's not a piece of paper, really, anymore. It's digital. And it takes somebody about half a second to get a hold of it, forge your signature on it, and take out a loan against your home and wipe you out financially. Go to HomeTitleLock.com, register your address. You might already be a victim. Use the code JESSE. You get 30 days free. Japan sitting on some military hardware, some military know-how, and look, you can train all day long and bring in all the advisors you want all day long and get a bunch of weapons all day long, and but you never know until you know. I'll tell you from experience, we trained a ton for combat in the Marine Corps, in the infantry. That's what we did. You never... No, we didn't know until we actually got there. We thought, but in the back of your mind, you're always wondering, is all this just going to go to crap right away? Are we just going to lose it and throw down our weapons and run away screaming when shots are fired? You You don't think so, but you don't know. Japan decides this is the first Sino Japanese war. 1895-ish. They're going to go ahead and slap around China a little bit. China has some things we want. We're strong. Their dynasty dynasty is crumbling. I think, I think we're going to go ahead and get this done. China be... It's difficult to describe to you how terrible China's performance was (laughs) on paper. China should have either beat up Japan badly or in the very least acquitted itself very well. Japan slaughters China. It's not even a contest. I don't have the numbers in front of me because it's not about the Sino-Japanese war. But when I say no contest, I mean no contest at all. Japan goes stomping into China and just crushes them. Japan... Decides they're going to take a whole lot from China in the peace treaty. The Western powers step in. That's the story for another day and kind of screw Japan, which created a lot of Japanese resentment towards places like Germany and Russia and whatnot. Japan ends up walking away with Taiwan. But now you're China and now national pride is hurt. Now we as Americans in general will not understand this, although I would say this generation and certainly the Vietnam generation may get it a little. I don't know if you're 
in that wheelhouse of calling Afghanistan a loss or Vietnam a loss. I don't know how you can really look at Vietnam any other way. I just hate saying that because I love Vietnam veterans so much. Certainly wasn't their fault. But do you remember what that felt like nationally when that happened? I don't remember Vietnam. I wasn't alive. But I'll tell you this. Afghanistan right now, there's bitterness there, especially amongst veterans, the military. There's bitterness there. Losing a war as a country, it's very hard for us as Americans to get this. Losing one, flat out losing one, affects an entire nation, the mood, the national pride. It If you look historically the way nations have handled it, it hurts and it hurts badly. On top of that, China doing the best they can to try to fight off the Japanese. China had to call in all its military resources. China had to do all these things. And they left the countryside, especially in the north, virtually unprotected. Then they go lose a war with Japan. Then, well, part of the reason Germany and Russia and these countries wouldn't let Japan completely pillage China was because they wanted to pillage China. And countries like France start moving in missionaries, lots of them into China. Many of these missionaries are Catholic, and this creates this kind of a dynamic. China traditionally is Buddhist and Taoist, and there's a couple more. It's very different. It's nothing I understand. Nothing. I don't even know what Taoism is. I just know that's one of their religions. Well, think how well that comes off. You're a farmer in a small town in northern China. Your Chinese military has essentially abandoned you to go fight a war and or they've forced you to go fight the war. You're pretty poor and a French missionary comes and sets up a church, starts strongly pushing the local people to abandon all your Chinese traditions and become Christian. Not only that, You're a little hungry. You don't have certainly a lot of money. You're kind of poor. Remember, these are Catholic missionaries. Catholic missionaries pushed into China from powerful countries like France, Germany, and Russia. These guys are eating well. I'm not saying they're driving around in gold Lamborghinis, but these guys, they got three squares a day. Maybe they move into a village. Maybe they manage to get that village to convert, and now that village is eating three squares a day. Well, you're a dedicated Taoist. In the next town over, all your people are hungry. Screw these missionaries violating our Chinese traditions. So now, do you think the Jing dynasty might be in a little bit of trouble? Well as is so often the case at the end of empires. It really is amazing when you you look back at all of them. 
When empires begin to fall, dynasties begin to go down, it is stunning how bad their luck gets at the end. I mean, the Jing dynasty, maybe you can say at this point in time, we just lost the Sino-Japanese War. We got too many missionaries. We have foreigners all over our country. China is trying to modernize. They're putting in railroads, but they're not necessarily Chinese railroads. These are foreign companies who want Chinese goods saying, hey, we're friends, right? Mr. Emperor, we're buddies. Here's a bag of beef jerky. Do you mind if I build a railroad through your country? I'm sure those people won't mind. And I, again, let me clarify, I'm not insulting the foreign companies, foreign powers who are doing this. China is wide open for the taking, foreign, exotic, a land of wealth. They have goods people want, spices people want, women people want. Quit, Chris. But you don't understand what I'm talking about. It's right there. That's what you do. That's what we do, right? Now you have all this simmering resentment amongst the rural, poorer people, and wham. There's a massive flood. River spills over, wiping out crops. This is a big deal for a couple different reasons. One, crops are how these people eat. They don't run down to the local Piggly Wiggly and get a bag of combos anytime they want. You eat on crops if you're a poor rural farmer in China. That crop gets wiped out. You get to watch your kids starve to death. That's a big deal. Now, a river floods couldn't be blamed on nobody, really, unless, of course, remember those local officials who weren't getting proper oversight anymore? Unless, of course, those local officials were getting money from the Jing Dynasty, Money that was to be used to build dikes to prevent any flooding of the rivers. And instead of building dikes, they were buying that new gold-plated Lamborghini. Hang on. There's a flood. It floods because rivers flood and because local officials were pocketing cash, rampant corruption, and didn't build the dikes they were supposed to build. Now people were really mad. Now people were really, really hungry. And remember when I said things just look unlucky at the end of dynasties? You're not going to believe this, but after the flood, there's a drought. (laughs) How does that even happen? We go right from a flood to a drought. Well, now you've got an issue because now national pride is at an all-time low. The Jing dynasty is weak. 
You have a bunch of poor, starving people up north. You have a bunch of foreigners who are not Chinese, who are still eating well. And uh-oh. Uh-oh. Now you have an uprising. They were called the Boxers. Maybe you've heard of the Boxer Rebellion and don't know what it is. Well, this is what it was. The young men up in northern China, they called them boxers. It's not boxing like you think it is. It was it was as much of a religious ceremony as, as it was fighting, although fighting was certainly involved in it. Like a like a holistic martial arts thing. I'm not going to pretend to explain it because I'm not going to pretend to know it. It was different. And it, they certainly weren't, you know, they didn't look like Rocky Balboa. Put it that way. And they begin to rise. And they begin what eventually really, really doomed them. You see, what they were most angry with was the foreigners. They didn't like the trains. They didn't like the railroads. They didn't like any of that. But really, really, really what they hated were the Christians. They hated the missionaries. And the boxers began to roam the countryside and slaughter Christians by the thousands. By the thousands. Now, this wouldn't go over well today. I think you saw what ISIS was doing to the Yazidis. And we thought thought to ourselves, well, that's certainly not good. But do you think there would have been much foreign involvement if ISIS was only slaughtering Yazidis and not exporting their terror to other nations? I have to be honest. I don't think there would have been. We would have looked on in horror Maybe we send in some Green Berets to support a local force. Are we going to go carpet bomb some people over it? Probably not. Maybe not. The world is getting more insular as the world is going through changes. I don't even want to say contracting. The world is going through changes. There's a real rejection to globalism right now. A real nationalist fervor. Not just in America. Now, the world in 1900 views things a lot differently. And when I say the world, I'm very much talking about the Western portions of the world, America, the UK, Russia, Germany, France. You start anywhere in the world, you start killing Christians in mass that is going to get you a response. The world was viewed much more religiously back then. Many would say that's a bit of a regression that we don't view it that way today. But back then, uh, we're not going to have a bunch of Buddhists and Taoists killing Christians. No, 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 no. Part of the thinking in all these monarchies and all these governments in France and other places, Germany part, they were all Christian in some way, Catholic, Protestant, whatever it was. And part of the thinking was that's really what you establish in your kingdom is Christianity and you protect Christianity and you fight against 
anything that isn't Christianity. Muslims, Buddhists, so on and so forth. No, 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 no. Those are, those are in essence, our people. At this point in time, it was actually, and China was really mad about this, it was part of a deal France had cut with China that, no, France gets to protect French Christians. They get to protect Christians in China no matter what. So now the world's getting involved. Now let me ask you, do a little critical thinking here. You have France and Germany and Russia and so on. They don't like this mass slaughter of Christians, and they decide they're going to start getting involved. They also, this may have been the real reason, really don't like the fact these boxers are tearing up the railroads and destroying all the money-making things. They really don't like that either. So let me ask you, who else is in that region at this time It might be uniquely invested and sending some boots on the ground to China. Maybe get, in, maybe get a little involved in that after-war action. Break off a little territory for themselves. Anybody come to mind? Hang on. I need you to hear me, and I need you to hear me well. This period of uncertainty we are entering into is not going to end tomorrow. No, I don't think the world is coming to an end, but I know this. If I had all my money in a traditional IRA or 401k, you know, stocks and bonds, I would be a very, very, very nervous human being at this time. Do you know what's not going to just utterly collapse because, well, it's never collapsed? A precious metals IRA? Did you know there's a way you can move your IRA or 401k into a precious metals IRA? You can. You can get a comprehensive 20-page kit for free that shows you how to do it. Go to birchgold.com slash jesse. That's B-I-R-C-H gold.com slash Jesse. Stop taking chances with your money. All these... All these white foreigners going into China to protect Christendom. Japan looks and says, well, I mean, I don't really care about Christendom, but hey, we're going to come help China. We're just here to help out. Oh, what's that? We were just here fighting? Oh, those are old times. We don't have any designs on China. (laughs) Don't be ridiculous. We're here to help. We are here to help. And help they did.
Jesse Kelly returns next. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. Well, China gets quite a curb stomping during the Boxer Rebellion. It's a very strange thing. Eventually, the Boxers joined with the emperor and joined with much of the Chinese military who jumped in on their side to purge the foreigners. But here's the problem. The foreigners were much more powerful than China was at this time. And Japan, Japan wanted to stay. Japan really, really wanted to stay. All those troubles between Japan and China during World War I that led to more troubles between Japan and China during World War II, the rape of Nanking, all those things, all that stuff in Manchuria. It all began somewhere. It all began right here. How about that? How about that? So let me, let me point something out. As a quick side note, well, I'll get to that in a second. These things, these huge upheavals, these remakings of societies, crumbling of societies, crumbling of dynasties, these things, they don't happen all at once. You and I look around at everything right now. And we like to think it's happening so fast. I I think the same things you're thinking. I I go through the exact same thing. I look and I think, oh my gosh, it's just, it's all at once. The statues are coming down. The cops are the enemy. ah, The economy, everything's happening all at once. You need to understand. One thing leads to another. You heard Michael Malice yesterday say this has been a hundred-year process, and he's 100% right. Of this leads to this, leads to this, leads to this. You look at people at their lowest in society, people at their, their bottom mark, that they may never come out of. You, you drove by one probably on the way to work, or in the very least, you've seen them. Homeless guy. Curled up. Twitching on the sidewalk. Clearly insane. Drugged out of his mind. Drunk. Emaciated. Looks like he could die any second, and very well might. That guy didn't wake up yesterday a normal functioning member of society and descend there. You get there over one bad decision leading to another bad decision, leading to this bad thing happening to you you couldn't control, leading to another bad decision, leading to the 
there's a story behind a crumble. In the same way, there's a story behind a rise. I've told you this before, and it is so true from my personal life. Do you know the difference in me working out today, eating relatively healthy today, and going to sleep on time tonight? Do you know the difference in that? Do you know what the what the what the deciding factor in that is for me? If I have a beer with dinner the night before. Sounds ridiculous, right? Well, what what does that have to do with the next day and one beer? I as you well know by now, I have an all-in addictive personality. Now, it's a great aid when it comes to doing what I do for a living, radio, TV. I love what I do. I get so into these stories that I get to tell and politics and everything else. I love it. I'm all in. It makes for better radio. makes for better TV. But there are huge negatives to that, too. Why would I just quit my job and run for Congress? I mean, financially wiped us out. That didn't work. Why would I give up everything and just join the Marine Corps? Almost got me killed. What's wrong with you? Why would I pack up and move to D.C. on a whim for a job? It's, it's Like I said, these things work out poorly. Sometimes you hit homers. It's the reason I'm sitting behind the microphone. I did it again. Quit my job, threw myself into media, caught one blessing after another, and here I am, national show. But again, there are negatives to that too. If I have a beer with dinner, then I'm going to have a second, and I'm going to have a third. And soon I'm six or seven beers deep, and instead of going to bed at 9, 9.30, yes, I'm old and boring, Instead of going to bed at 9, 9.30, I'm going to bed at 11, 11.30. It's not even good sleep. It's that half-drunk sleep. There's not enough of it. I'm groggy the next morning, so instead of eating a healthy breakfast or just drinking some black coffee and skipping breakfast, I'm going to inhale two or three breakfast tacos on the way to work. As soon as the show's done then I'm probably going to go ahead and door dash an extra large pizza with extra cheese and double meat. Cause then instead of show prepping for tomorrow after that, I think I'll go ahead and take a nap. One of my buddies with another national show will call and ask if I want to do a 10 minute radio interview. Now nah, I'm good. I'm too tired. I'll, I'll do it another day. And then it comes to tonight, I finally get home. The work day's been a grind because I stayed up too late the night before, didn't feel good. You know what? You know what? It has been a long day, and I've finally made it through. You know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to have a beer when I get home. And it starts again. That may not be me, or that may not be you, but it's certainly me. That is a difference. That is the difference. These things happen one little bad decision at a time. They happen for companies. They happen for individuals like you and I. They happen for nations. 
when you look around, it's this insanity where we stand right now as a country. This did not happen overnight. I am not trying to drag you down, so understand this. This won't be repaired overnight. This will take time. We are dealing with societal upheaval, and it's a major, 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 major deal. I'm not saying it's not. But this will take time to fix this. However, it is important that we understand it must be fixed. I am going to try to say this as gently as I can because it's so disgusting. I don't want you dry heaving as you leave. Um, A police officer in Los Angeles just found a used feminine product in his coffee. There's a news report about it. We have cops who have already been assassinated over the past few weeks. And we still, this morning, have Senator Tim Scott all over the television set pushing a, and I quote, bipartisan police reform bill. What? in the world, man. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. That's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco free. It's nicotine free. It's even sugar free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.